Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. There's a lot to get to as we sit here and watch some live action, whether it's the NBA, whether it is the Mets in Los Angeles. There's a lot to get to throughout the course of the next few hours here. And, of course, I'll get to the Knicks, and I want to get to the Rangers and Devils. And, look, we're coming off a Nets loss, tough loss in Game 2 of their series. The one thing I will say quickly about the Nets is that their future is in good hands with Bridges and Thomas. And you heard Capper and Carino, you know, alluding to that throughout the course of their broadcast. They're going to be just fine. I mean, they, they have some players here with Cam with uh, Cam Johnson, excuse me, Cam Johnson and Bridges. They're going to be okay moving forward. But this is a series where they're overmatched. I mean, nobody's expecting them to win this series, so it's tough up against it when you're talking about these two, you know, two games on the road against Philadelphia. I mean, it's been it's gone as expected for them. Anyway, the Islanders lose a game, game one, also expected. But the angle that I wanted to take to start here um, was the Yankee news from earlier in the day. Because, you know, it's it's enough for me already with John Carl Stanton. It's always something with this guy. It's always something. You have the Yankees with their incredible expectations, with their high payroll, all the talent in the world all over this team. He's one of the guys who you look at in the middle of the lineup to be an impact bat. And John Carl Stanton has been that at times when healthy. The problem is, since he's been here, he's never, ever healthy. He had his first year with the Yankees. He played 158 games. That's about it. This was supposed to be a year with the Yankees. Not that they figured out how to keep him healthy because they would admit that you can't do that, right? Nobody knows the answers. If they knew the answers, obviously they would try to keep maybe they would keep them healthy. Fix it. Problem solved. Hey, we know what's wrong, so we'll fix it. They don't know what's wrong. But one of the things that was a the theme of the you know spring training season was getting John Carlos Stanton playing time in left field or in the outfield. Or right field specifically, because they wanted to move Judge to left field. So the idea, and meanwhile, people like myself are sitting there thinking, you're going to put Stan in the outfield? Oh, what could possibly go wrong? Number one, he's a butcher out there. Number two, he's bound to get hurt. But no, their thought process was, 
you know what? The injuries that he's had have been injuries from just kind of sitting around, and we think maybe playing him more often and playing him in the outfield, and he likes to get in the rhythm of the game as well, will keep him healthy. Well, no. Already we now have learned that that's not the case either because Stanton, like every other year, is going to miss some significant time. I mean, we thought 10-day IL for John Carl Stanton, and unfortunately now it's going to be significant here where the Yankees get the news of that strain, grade two strain with his hamstring. It's always something with Stanton. And to me... He is the Yankees' biggest problem. And I've said this for a while. Stanton is one of those guys that you look at and think, well, we can't win without him because his power bat, and that's what makes the Yankees so dangerous, all those home runs. And then people will reference his one terrific postseason dominance against the Red Sox. Stanton is too easily pitched to by good pitchers in big spots. He's too inconsistent, and he's always hurt. If the Yankees never made that move, now this is all hypothetical, of course, but I truly believe that the Yankees never made the move to acquire John uh, John Carl Stanton, which seems like a no-brainer at the time, even though I was against it because it was a redundant move. With Aaron Judge coming off the year that he had, it was redundant. You didn't need that type of player, and that was a huge mistake by Brian Cashman of the Yankees' front office. And that, to me, is the biggest reason why the Yankees have not been able to otherwise build a World Series caliber team. Stanton takes up a lot of the payroll. Stanton is taking up part of the roster construction. We're not even just talking about the money that it costs for him but and, and preventing you from getting other players. But you also account for him being in there, although he's never there. He's never there. I'm tired of it with John Carlos Stanton. It's always something with him. Similar to the way that we discuss some of the Met pitchers always being hurt. And by the way, we'll have some news on that. Former Met pitcher who now pitches for the Texas Rangers had to leave a game in the fourth inning tonight. Sound familiar? But we talked about this for years with Met pitchers or whatever. Like this is Stanton's a guy who's always hurt. And remember, Aaron Judge, there was a question mark with Judge, right? Being hurt. Oh, I don't know if you can give him a big contract. A judge, I mean, my goodness, compared to John Carl Stanton, he's an Iron Man. Obviously, he was last year, too. But, Stan, you look at the games played since 2018 where he played that 158, like we said. And really, Stanton the year before with the MVP year in 2017 played almost a full season, 159 games. Remember, that's without a DH when he was in Miami. Without a DH, he played 159 games. Prior to that, he really never he had one season of 150, one season with 145. So he was always missing some time here or there, if not significant time. But his MVP year at age 27, 159 games. You're thinking, all right, maybe this guy's going to get healthy. He's, in, he's a physical specimen, a Greek god. Plays 158 games his first year with the Yankees, even though the numbers were so far from what they were his MVP year. Where uh, 38 and 100 is good for anybody. 38, 100, and 266 would normally be good for anybody. But coming off of a 59, 132, 281 year, it was not. That was not the guy that the Yankees traded for. And then since then, 
He played a total of 41 games combined in 2019 and 2020. Obviously, the pandemic played a part in 2020, but there was a 60-game season. Stanton played a third of those. He couldn't even stay healthy for a 60-game season. 2021, he played 139. Wow, that's a lot. You'd actually sign for that. If he could play 139 games, you'd sign for that. Stanton last year, 110 of 162. And this year already, 13 games in, he's going to be out at least a month. I mean, that is, come on now. It's unacceptable. And when you look at some of the reasons to why, you know, I've said this, like I said, in years past, but it just reaffirms it. When you look at some of the reasons why the Yankees have not been able to build a team that could get to and win a World Series, I think Stan's the number one culprit. They've had guys that didn't develop. Whether it be Gary Sanchez, you know, Torres has been up and down and he was having a good start to this year. But there have been plenty of guys who, you know, have come and gone that didn't live up to the expectations. But Stanton's the one constant. He's been here and he has never lived up to the expectations. Not even in the one year where he was fully healthy in 2018. Because even those numbers were not what was were not what was expected of him. Coming off of his MVP year in Miami. John Carl Stanton, whether you want to admit it or not, is a problem. He's a problem for the Yankees. The fact that he's never, Stan hit more than 40 home runs with the Yanks coming off of you know, getting traded after a 59 home run season, that's a problem. And you can't rely on him He's a liability in the outfield. He never stays healthy. If you can't put him in the outfield when he is healthy, then what are you doing? You're clogging up the DH spot. Oh, and plus, if you're trying to watch payroll, look what you're invested in him. He is part of the problem, if not the problem. I know Cashman with the pitching and all that stuff. And look, the Yankees have been a little bit unlucky in recent years. And, you know, the Astros with cheating, all that stuff. But the Yankees' best team of this entire run, their best team, and they would admit it, and they basically did, was 2017. That was the year Giancarlo Stanton won an MVP in Miami. It's been downhill since then. You can choose to blame others. You can choose to just look at the raw power and get caught up in Stanton's you know, one big postseason that he had. But the reality is, he's been a big problem here. I said it at the time, I hated the trade for the Yankees. They didn't need him. And what, six years later now? Hard to believe it's that long. Six years later now, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. He's still a problem. If you had to go back and do that trade over again, would you? And I hear you say, oh, the Yankees gave up nothing. Of course you take them on. No. They gave up financial flexibility. They gave up a roster spot that could have been used to chase somebody else, a better ball player that would have fit better for similar money. And one who maybe could have stayed on the field and been productive. John Carl Stanton is a big problem for the Yankees. And 
I really think they'd be best. And I don't know what they could do with him at this point. But if there were any takers, that's the type of move that could shake this team up and maybe free up a spot and some money to where they could get a, a player that would fit them better by, you know, being able to actually play the outfield, being able to actually stay in the lineup and maybe do more things than be a a Greek god-like built body and essentially be a part-time DH who you're lucky if you get 100 games out of him. We'll get into the Knicks as well. A lot to get to with them as, you know, look, coming off of a thrilling win. I mean, I was loving every second of that. No, maybe not every second of it because there were some frustrating plays uh, that involved that Knicks game one. They didn't even play a great game, honestly, and they still were able to beat Cleveland. And we felt good about this series going in. I feel even better about it now, although Josh Hart being doubtful for game two is a little bit of a problem. But you got the Knicks getting ready for game two on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. You got the Rangers Devils getting set to get underway tomorrow night. Tomorrow's just going to be crazy. Old school Knicks Rangers postseason. I was shopping for tickets today. We could get into that a little bit later on. I mean, it's going to cost you, but they are available. So you had the Nets losing to the Sixers tonight, but the future is bright. For the Nets with Bridges and Johnson showing they could be, you know, a good young core to be able to build around. You had the Islanders losing a tough one where the power play came up empty, and that's the difference in the game. Two power play goals for the Canes, none for the Islanders. They lose 2-1. But it's game one and what is going to be a hard-fought, tough series for the Islanders. Carolina, obviously one of the better teams in the postseason, so the Islanders are going to be up against it anyway. But uh, I think you could be more encouraged with that game, the way that Sorokin played. And just hope that your power play gets going. Because without that, you know, it's going to be tough to score uh, on Carolina. And, you know, like we said, Knicks, Cavs, Rangers, Devils, Islanders lose, Nets lose. And we got the Yankees who have an off day. But it's always something with John Carl Stanton. The Mets are in action right now in a, a high-scoring affair in Los Angeles. 5-3, Mets have the lead. And Brett Beatty is the big story. All you guys screaming and hollering for Brett Beatty. Well, guess what? He's here. Now we could find something else to complain about for you Met fans out there. And something shocking actually took place in the game tonight that uh, I I wasn't sure I was going to see. Daniel Vogelback swung the bat and actually made contact, hit a home run. How about that? See what happens when you don't look for walks? Swing the bat. Good things get out. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Epic. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal kind of back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Whatever it is you want to discuss on this Monday night. Nets lose, Islanders lose, Rangers, Devils getting set for a huge series. I I don't even know if I could take it. It's going to be intense starting tomorrow night. And the Knicks will have game two of their series with the Cavs. We'll await the status of Josh Hart as he's you know listed as doubtful right now. That's going to be a problem. But I understand why the Knicks would want to potentially do that meaning that you're not going to play him if he's hurt and risk losing him further in the series, have him rest up, not playing game two, and then game three is not uh, until Friday night. Um, so they could do that, and then uh, you know hopefully he'll be better by then because you need Josh Hart if they want to win. Anyway, we started the show talking about John Carl Stanton. We're watching the Mets live here as they are in the fifth inning with a two-run lead, so we keep an eye on that. 877-337-6666. Colton is calling from Monroe. What's up, Colton? I just want to say that I totally agree with your Giancarlo points. And one guy in particular that I thought that they should have waited for and to go after was the next year after they got Giancarlo, uh, Bryce Harper, who I'm not a huge fan of, was a free agent. And the Yankees were right-handed dominant for a while, you know, when they first got Giancarlo. And I thought Bryce's edge would have been great. And he's not an Iron Man, but... He definitely would have been a comparable player, and he's multiple years younger as well. Yo, no, that's the perfect fit. I mean, remember, people were talking about that anyway with Bryce Harper and thinking, you know, remember Harper's father, I think it was, right, grew up a fan of Mickey Mantle. So there was the natural tie-in there. And at that point, we still, Colton, were under the impression that the Yankees were going to be buying in on all the big free agents. Remember, it was was Machado. Really the first time the Yankees, when they didn't get Machado, who notably wanted to be there, the Harper-Machado stuff, that was the beginning of the, huh, maybe the Yankees aren't operating the way that they used to. Yep, no, that's exactly right. And it just seemed like uh, everyone was great with the trade for Giancarlo because, you know, the deal was really didn't cost us anything, but it did hamstring them when it came to them going out and chasing other big names. And it seems like most people would have preferred to go after Machado or Harper a year or two later if it was going to be Giancarlo versus those guys. Correct. They just got got impatient. They had that deal with Jeter. You know, Jeter just got over there to Miami, and they kind of made it all work real quick, and then they were stagnant. And I think it also— So Harper, right, because Harper and Machado both were free agents after the 2018 year, right? And that was— Right, that was um, yeah, yeah. Right, it was it after was the twenty eighteen season. Year. Right, so it was the following. Yeah, right, the obviously the Yankees. Year. Yeah, the Yankees got John Carl Stanton before the twenty eighteen season. So you're right; mm-hmm. they were impatient. They wanted to go. And look, on, on the surface, why not go get a guy who just won an MVP, a guy who could hit you know fifty nine homers, whatever it is? Why not go get him if you could give up well, nothing to get him? And the reason is because, like you said. They took on the salary, and it prevented them from getting the other guys. That's why you don't do it when it's already a player that you have the same skill set or a similar skill uh, skill set with Aaron Judge. Exactly. And we already, going into that, people were already talking about Giancarlo's durability concerns 
and the fact that he wasn't going to be, it didn't seem like, you know, a great fielder for the long term of his contract, where you didn't have that same concern with some other guys. And then he's taken up that DH spot for so long that even guys like Andujar probably got their careers, you know, thrown through a loop, not being able to play the field or have that DH spot because it was occupied all the time by Giancarlo. Correct. There are many levels to it. And thank you for the call, Colton. We appreciate you checking in. There are many, or layers, levels, I don't know, many layers to it that it's not just, the, oh, Stanton's always hurt, he's no good, it was a bad trade. No, it was a bad trade to me at the time, first and foremost, because the Yankees already had that type of player. You don't need multiples of the same guy. They had Aaron Judge off of a 2017 year. Why do you need Judge and Stanton? The answer, you don't. Find a better balance. And remember, not only did the Yankees in 2017 have their best team, and it was with a different manager, Joe Girardi, and you know they went to Game 7 of the ALCS, and everyone else said they got cheated, which they might have. You know, obviously they did get cheated, but they might have, you know, might have won that series if not. It's no guarantee that they would have. Anyway, so the Yankees then in 2018, you know, like we talked about, they go get John Carl Stanton. Do you realize since then, not only have the Yankees not gotten as far as they did in 2017, but we talked about how the Yankees just kept banging their head against the wall with the same team, 18, 19. 20. I know they brought in Garrett Cole, and that was supposed to be the difference maker, but it wasn't. And the big difference was in that lineup where it would mash in the regular season and do nothing in the postseason. And Stan had one great postseason. Everybody's going to go nuts about it. Yeah, that's fine, but it's not. That's the aberration. The norm has been that they were built the wrong way. And when we look at them and say, well, how could Brian Cashman change this to become more balanced? And they tried little different things, even last year. Or maybe last year was the first year, really, that they tried changing things. Or, I guess, two years ago, when, you know, the year that they looked like they were going to make the playoffs, and they would go out there and make the trade, you know, Gallo, Rizzo, they actually bring in left-handed bats. But last year, making the trade for Bader, before the year, bringing in IKF, players that weren't just all-or-nothing home-run strikeout guys. Little changes have been made. You know, Luke Voigt getting rid of him. That was part of the problem as well. They had a, another guy like that that could hit home runs but strike out a ton. That was a good regular season player, but not in the postseason or not against good pitching. So little moves were made, but the big problem remained. John Carlos Stanton. You can't have him and Judge. It's got to be one or the other. And it's only gotten worse with Stanton. He's inconsistent as a performer. He doesn't play. He doesn't play the outfield. Clogs DH and has prevented you from building this team better. They could be better if they were built a little bit differently. Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? What's going on, Sal? How you doing, my man? What's Good, going on Val. tonight? How are you? I'm all right, Sal. I'm all right. You know, I'm. I I, I want to get into the the whole conversation with the the Giancarlo, but. I want to take it from a different perspective. The, all the stuff that you're talking about, you know, those, that's all arguable. Because personally, I like the fact that he's on my squad. But, you know, the inconsistency, I personally think that comes from him not, you know, because whenever he gets hurt, 
Then he's got to ramp it back up again. Then he's got to go to the minors. He got to come up. He got to do a rehab stint. It takes time for him to get his timing down. But one thing that I find interesting, and nobody's asking, once again, do you know the day that he went down, right? He was actually DHing. How did it happen? And everybody says, okay, he's running. If he can't run from first to second, how can you expect him to run to the outfield? My counter argument to that is, as a baseball player, these guys, one thing that people don't understand about the game is it's a very kind of different game from basketball in that you stop, you're sitting for a minute, and then all of a sudden you're expected to sprint from one place to another to be here, to be there. You can't do that as, as a DH, especially for somebody with Stanton's body type. It becomes very difficult to do that. He is sitting, and then he gets up. He goes to the plate. He hits what he thought was a home run. And as he's slowly trotting around first, decides to ramp it up. And then all of a sudden he decides to slow it again. Who's to say that if he was playing the field and his body was loose and he was already moving around and his, his juices were flowing and everything is in the groove and he's actually playing the game of baseball, both as defense and offense, that that would have happened. I know people might say that no, I'm He would have got, got hurt anyway. I mean, he's always hurt. So it's, it's not just one that. thing. By the way, it's not just one thing, Val, and, and a couple other things. If, if Why wasn't he running out of the box? He thought the ball was gone, was it? No, everybody okay. thought it was gone. It doesn't everybody, matter. Everybody. It wasn't. Run. Run. How about you hustle for once in your life? Not only that, you want to get in the game? He shouldn't be on a bike, a stationary bike? That, what, the Yankees don't have one? I mean, come on! You're making excuses for a guy who's always hurt. If this were a one-off, I could I, say maybe. I just, I just, I would, I would like to see the approach taken when he comes back to actually just let him play the field. Let's just see what happens. Just let him, just let him loose because he got hurt trying to baby him anyway. What about we just let him loose? Just let him play the game and see what happens. He's not, he's not good in the outfield. Stays on the field longer. He's not good in the outfield. He actually is. No, he's he not. He's no, not no, he's not. No, he's, he's not. terrible. He is a butcher in the outfield. He is an absolute butcher in the outfield. That's be, no, that's going far, Sal. Yeah, I mean, maybe, that's but that's far. what I do. Agree I'm extreme. Disagree, Sal. Yeah. But I would like to see that experiment happen. Agree to disagree, but I would like to see. I mean, as I you know, said, maybe you'll get to see it in six to eight weeks when he comes losing. back. So let him go. Let's just let him run. Let's see what happens. Let's let him go for a few weeks, a few months. And and I, 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 stand to, I, I bet I would stand to be correct. Well, I mean, I, it's hypothetical. I, you don't know. I, I'll, I'll bet that John Carl Stanton will never be healthy the rest of his career. He's always hurt. You can't be in better shape physically than he is, and he's always hurt. It's always something, and he's only getting older. And that's why I'm saying. Yeah, but Val, they tried to do that this year. If you if you look at it, Sal, if you look at it, it's, it's what is it? It's a soft tissue issue. How do these things happen? Right. Your body's cold. You're not warm. You're not. Well, get warm. You try to I mean, he's got to get and warm. You yourself, and boom, it happens. Yeah. I think if they do that, it would work differently. Yeah, I mean, look, they tried it, Val, and thank you for the call. They tried it, and you know, I got to have them play the outfield every day. They don't do that with anybody. What, he can't DH one day? That's a problem, too. So they're going to play the outfield for 158 games. They need him to be able to DH, and at times, if he has to run, run. There are ways to get warm. Players do it all the time. It's not like he's all of a sudden, hey, what? You're calling on me? He's got a heads up that he's going in the game. Wait, you calling on me? I haven't even, uh, I've done no stretching. I'm not ready. There are ways that guys can get warm and stay loose. You're told to stay loose and be ready to get in there. He's always hurt. Stop making excuses for him. He's always hurt. And this is not a 10-day little thing. It's another four to six weeks. Chris is calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What's up, Chris? 
Hey, what's up, Sal? How you doing? Thanks good, for Chris. Call. Yep, thanks for making it. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, good. So I wanted to real quick put you in the situation that I'm seeing here in this Mac game. I wanted to talk a little bit about the stolen bases and everything that's going on. I know we talked about that a lot, but I want to dive into that real quick. Two outs, Jeff McNeil on third base, um, Brett Beatty up. Two disengagements from Dustin May already, um, and we started seeing Jeff McNeil start dancing down the line, right? So I want to preface this by saying I think that it's been great for the game so far, my personal opinion. Um, double the amount of stolen bases, you know, this season so far, over, I think, 10 to 15% success rate increase. Um, and I want to see maybe if we're stealing second and third so much more, why we, why we can't start seeing players like, you know, Rosarina, who's just blazing around the bases, Trey Turner, also like that, a bunch of other players. You know, why can't we start taking home if, you know, that pitcher, once you get on third base and there's no other um, base runners behind you, you know, you can almost like sort of force two disengagements, I feel, because I saw Jeff McNeil do that because they had sort of, they had the third baseman, you know, not close, right? So why can't we start seeing that more often if the game is changing in such a way? Well, maybe you will. I mean, maybe you will. Who's to say, yeah, who's to say we can't? I have not paid that much attention to it or really concerned myself with it. Um, to you know, to that level, obviously, you see the stolen bases are up, and, and you love that, and it's exciting for baseball. But as far as the specific runner on third, maybe you'll see more of that moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's pretty cool too. Um, I wanted to just say one more thing, real real quick. Um, Mets are going up against Noah Syndergaard, and you know, with stolen bases going up so high, he gave up as many as he did as a Met. Would love to see us just tag as many as we can on him. <laughs> sorry, sorry, to, sorry to make this call all Mets, but I'm No, we're, I mean, no, guys. that's fine. No, that's fine. I'm watching the game too. It's hard, Chris, because, you know, who, from my stand, uh, point of view, and thank you for the call. I appreciate you checking in. My point of view is I'm thinking, well, most Mets fans right now are watching the game. They're not listening to the radio, although I appreciate those of you who are listening and watching the game, which is why I didn't really talk much Mets so far to start because I'm thinking that the majority of the audience is actually watching the game and doesn't want to hear about the Mets. Um, but as far as the stolen bases go, yeah, I mean, it's had a great impact and I'll see, we, I mean, we get to watch it further and see how these numbers play out as opposed to just projecting from where they are now in the first two weeks of the season. It's been what, 16 games or this is 17, uh, tonight is 17th game for the Mets. So you're talking about just over two weeks of baseball. It feels like it's been a lot more, but in the big picture, it's nothing. It's a two week sample size. Better than one week, better than five days, but it's just two weeks. And as for Syndergaard, he is scheduled to pitch Wednesday against Max Scherzer, who had his start pushed back. I'll believe it when I see it, when Syndergaard actually takes the mound against the Mets. He ran and hid from him last year. He's scheduled to start. Maybe something might creep up again to where he gets pushed back a day or something. We'll see if he could avoid it. Chris is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Sal, I like this. Mets, you're on. I'm having a great time here, man. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. It's weird for me. I got to be honest with yeah. you. I don't love. Now, if I knew that everybody was listening to me and watching the game, I'd be fine with it. I don't love being on up against the games. It drives me nuts because I'm kind of watching the game and then talking yeah. about it. And I don't know who's listening, who's not. It's it's. Uh, I'm adjusting to it. 
No, yeah, it's a lot to think about. I, I didn't realize the Mets are facing Carrot Top, by the way. Yeah, Dustin <laughs> yeah, May's got that those big locks outside of that hat. He's got uh, some head of hair there. Crazy looking. Listen, I want to just say one thing. I am thrilled that Beatty is here, and I know we don't doesn't want to talk about the game, but I got to tell you, Sal, that at bat, this is so. This kid is a hitter. He was down 0-2, fouled off some pitches, went the other way. They tried to come inside on him, turns on it. I mean, this kid has got instinct. I'm just so excited he's here. Yeah, he's a major league. You're right, Chris. There are certain guys you see it, you either see it or you don't right away. And you saw it last year with Beatty. He had the major league bat. You're seeing it again. He looks like he belongs. You know how Alvarez looks completely overmatched? Not to say that he yep. won't be a big league hitter or a productive one, but you know how Alvarez right now, he looks overmatched. Well, Beatty looks like he belongs. Beatty looks more refined for that age. He's a little older, but yeah, he's, I guess, more of a pure hitter. He looks Alvarez, like a major you know, leaguer. Alvarez. He looks like a major league hitter. Yeah, a beautiful swing. I, I love him. I, I can't wait to keep watching him, and I hope others follow when the timing is right. Hey, Sal, one thing on this, you know, this thing with the stolen bases and the hope with picking off, you know, the three times you can throw over. I was just wondering about this. Like, so if you throw over two times, and we're seeing these people get these nutty running leads, basically. And I know Buck was saying, well, just throw over anyway because they're going to go. Like that was what he was saying. But if the guy runs, if it's just say you've thrown over two times and the run up and first runs to second, like he's going to steal, the pitcher can't just throw to second base like 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 a pickoff? Or that's considered, I guess, the third time over? Why can't he just throw to second? Um, it's a good question. You know what I mean? You mean if a runner, but if the runner takes off, while, turn around and throw, yeah, well, well, right. If he's if, if he's on the mound, you, I mean, you can in that spot step off. You you have to be able to. That's not a throw over if the runner is going. Right. You can't throw. You can't spin and throw to. I guess you can't throw to second. You remember Rick Sutcliffe used to do all those fake throwing to other bases, and then, the, I don't know, they must they must have changed that where it doesn't matter. But I just wondered, why can't you just throw to second base? You mean before the runner takes off, like as opposed to a... a, like a right when he starts to run. So, like, instead right. of throwing to first, you just throw to second. I guess that's considered a... Well, but start. they're not running. No, they're not running on until the, the pitcher, let's say the pitcher's in his windup. Already, then he takes off. If he's not, obviously, you can't. Once you're in your windup, you're not going to be able to throw over there. So, if they, I, I see what you're like if yeah. they take yeah. off before and before the pitcher throws the ball, and the catcher says, "Hey, step off, step off," I think in that spot you should be able to step off and throw to second base. Otherwise, let's say you've reached your allotment right of throws over, then the runner yeah. would just run automatically, and there's nothing the pitcher could do. So, no, you can't. You can't. You know, he, yeah. would, just, he would just run at the you know the, the second that the pitcher has got the ball and is getting ready to, you know, start his windup. So, yeah, that makes sense. Hey, Sal, what yeah. are you thinking of the Mets, of the Mets bullpen? Who are you feeling confident in? Who are you a little bit on the fence with? Um, Great question. I would say it's too early, but right now I'm pretty confident in Brooks Raley. I'm very confident in David Robertson. Um, I'm pretty confident in Adovino uh, as yeah. well. I mean, I expect those guys to, to blow it at some point, Adovino in particular, but I'm still overall confident that he'll get the job done. The one guy who I'm probably on the fence with, the other guys I don't really trust. And then the one guy I'm on the fence with still is Drew Smith. I think Drew Smith has the potential to be good, but I, I don't trust him yet. Not sure I ever will, but I certainly don't trust him yet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be some other people coming up. But look, I mean, 
Boy, thank God we got Robertson, right? Well, he's proven to be yeah, just he, what we need. He, he's, he's legit, Chris, and thank you for the call. As always, appreciate watching uh, the Mets and listening to me. I love it. But Robertson has been a godsend. It, it, it just, just think about this, and I know I shouldn't look back, but imagine if they had Edwin Diaz. It would be a super pen. It's a good bullpen now, and that's with losing the best closer in the game. It was built to be a super pen which would have really, you know, their design, it would have really, by the way, Beatty just struck out with two guys on. Two out, two on. They bring in a lefty in the game and face Beatty, and he went down. So that's a big, big league at bat right there against the lefty in a key spot where Beatty didn't come through. But imagine their bullpen with Diaz in it. Diaz, Robertson, Ottavino, Raley. That is an unfreaking believable bullpen. Not to mention Drew Smith and, you know, whoever else. That's an unbelievable... That is a Super Bowl pin. The ones like the Yankees used to have. And instead, now it's just a good bullpen. I mean, it's better than having an average or bad bullpen. Their bullpen's good. But it was built to be a Super pen, which takes stress off of the starters as well. You get guys that go five, six innings, you're good to go. 877-337-6666. More of your calls on the other side, Salakata. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan. This Mets game started what time? 10-10? It is flying for a game that is headed to the top of the seventh inning at 6-5, right? Dodgers just scored, uh, what was it, Max Muncy homer off of David Peterson. Peterson having a rough outing. But that game is flying by. Am I right, Rosie? I yes, mean, all the games are. What uh, Yesterday's Yankee game, two hours and seven minutes. Well, no, I know they all are now, but 6-5, you would usually think, all right, the game slowed down a little bit. But that is on pace. I mean, what do, it used to be, to me, the way that it would go was the first Every three innings would be roughly an hour. That's exactly what I would say. Okay. Yes. Every three innings, roughly an hour one way or another. Now. Every three innings is like. 35 minutes? Four, I was going to say 40, 45 minutes. For so three innings. Yeah. You're, so you're saving 20 minutes off. So instead of an hour, three right. hours, you cut, you cut off 20 minutes and you get an hour. It's crazy. A 6-5 game. Usually. A 6-5 game at the end of six. Usually it would be a lot longer than this one feels. It feels to be going by, I mean, I, look, it uh, you know be almost two hours long probably by the end of the seventh. Eh, maybe it is uh, turned out to be no more than two and a half hours. But for a higher scoring game like that, it's I guess they just got to get used to it. All these games now, the aberration is what happened with the Mets on Friday night, which is a game that just took forever. Yes. Yeah, but this is the way it's going to be. All these games are going to be between two and two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, I like that. That's and Which is the sweet spot. That's all... NBA playoff games, NHL hockey games, because that's obviously relevant right now. All these games are bang, bang. Right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, except the, the NHL playoffs are going to triple overtime, whatever. But Right. Well, that's a... That, that's a right. Yeah, but still, I mean, it does happen quite a bit in the NHL. I mean, the Islander game tonight, what, started at puck drop was 7-10. It was over by 9-30, Right, and then that same thing, Nets were 7-30 or 7-35. 7-35 tip, and okay. I think that ended at about 9-50. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's just weird getting used to it with baseball, especially seeing six five. You're thinking this game should be really in the fifth inning right now, and it's in the seventh, top seven. 
Uh, the Mets trail 6-5. 877-337-6666. Pat is in Brooklyn. What's up, Pat? Hey, I love your show. How are you? Thank you, Pat. How are you? All right. Just uh, you're dead on with Stanton playing uh, in the outfield. He scares me. And nobody ever says, uh, like, all right, he gives up on the ball. And Judge is like the man hustling so much. The other thing is, what if you're his physical trainer? I feel so bad for this guy. I mean, like you said before, Stanton is always hurt. What do you do with him? What do you do? He's paid so much money. I mean, he's an animal. He crushes the ball. Yeah, when he when he makes contact, the ball generally goes far. But he doesn't make contact often enough, and he's never uh, able to stay fully healthy. It's infuriating. Right. You can't right. rely on John Carlson. You can't count on him at all. What good is that? Right. And exactly. by the way, even if you could count on him, let's just say that you could, he's still a DH essentially. Yeah. You you need well, is he, that where you want him to be all the time though? I mean, I don't think he I can play the outfield. Up. I don't think he's good in the outfield. No, I know, I know. Now the the other thing is today. I don't know if you saw any of the Angels Boston game earlier today, but the catcher for the Angels, Chappie, he he swung, hurt his shoulder, took a breather, got back in, and he stroked a single. Is there better training? on different teams or what do you do with these guys that are constantly uh, hurt? Yeah, do I don't do? think I don't think it's a trainer, Pat, and thank you for the call. I I don't think we can blame the trainers here. I mean, remember for years that was an issue with the Mets and oh fire the tra- doctors and the team trainers, they don't know what they're doing. Certain teams put more money into it and certain teams probably handle things better than others. But in the case of John Carl Stanton, he's a guy who's always hurt. The Yank you don't think the Yankees have tried everything they possibly could to keep his rear end on the field, and they just can't do it. They thought they had it this year. Figuring, you know what, he likes to play a little bit more, we'll do that, keep him in a lineup, keep him more mobile, keep him fresh. It just didn't work. Mitchell's calling from Fort Lee, New Jersey. What's up, Mitchell? Good morning, Sal. How a good evening. I told whatever, it's close enough. So. Yeah. Uh, good evening, good morning. Okay, good enough. Uh, three things. Sal, I have to tell you, I went to the game Friday night, and I did try the garlic bread. It was amazing. And then I had, Benny Hanna has a, like a sushi bowl. It was amazing also. A sushi bowl? Wait, so you had all this? Picture, so. Okay, yeah, no, I saw it. So you had all this in one outing? No, no, well, I didn't eat. I had the sushi bowl, and then one person had uh, had the uh, garlic bread, and then someone else had the chicken fingers and french fries. You didn't, so tr- you didn't no. try the garlic bread? Oh, I did, Sal. That, I, Sal, that is a guaranteed winner. So, yeah, that, Sal, looked, that looks delicious. The good, we were talking about this on, I think, Friday night or Thursday night, maybe, the new food at Yankee Stadium and the garlic bread somebody called up. It looks delicious, as Mitchell sent me a picture yeah. of it. So, Sal, if, uh, if you are free and you work to your schedule, Yankees are playing 4 o'clock on Thursday. I got an extra ticket. you want to come? Think about it. I, okay, well, so we'll get to that. The, the problem is I'd love to go, Mitchell. The problem is I have TV show at 6 o'clock. Yeah, I know. Right, I mean, no, I, okay, I, okay. I, can't, I can't take off work. I want, trust me, I want to get to the stadium. And now, you know, you invited me originally to go Tuesday, which would be tomorrow night. Uh, or technically, right. you know, tonight in about four minutes from now, it'll be tonight. But you invited me to go to that game. Ideally, I'd love to go see Otani. I want to go watch the Angels and Yankees. But I can't. I mean, there's Nixon Rangers playoff game going on tomorrow night. It's going to be a big night. Don't worry about it, Sal. We'll make a game there. We got plenty of time. How many, so, how many games get... do you have? 
I had the whole season, Sal. I have I had the whole season. Oh, you had a full season? Look at you, Mitchell. You yeah. bought two tickets to the, to the entire season. No, we have we have four seats between me and my partner, so we have four seats together. Oh, so we have, love we have it. The whole... Love it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, but and Sal, here's the funny part: at the game Friday night, I'm sitting front row. I've never had a ball hit to me as a home run. Carrera hits a home run, and uh, I didn't move. It was one seat over. I'll send you the video. You'll laugh later. I'll send it to you yeah, later. Send it to me. Send it to me, Mitchell. I look okay. I look forward to that. And thank you for the call, Mitchell, giving us the update there. Mitchell from Fort Lee giving us the update at uh, at Yankee Stadium. Rose, you have any interest in going out there and checking out the food at Yankee Stadium? I know you're a big Met fan, but still, no, no interest. Uh, not not during playoff times. I was telling people, I get yelled at. It's mass. I was round four of the Masters. I couldn't give a crap about the Mets or Yankees game going on on that Sunday. Right. Well, that's it's up to you. I mean, for me, I don't really care about the Masters necessarily. I mean, unless Tiger was in it. Um, but uh, you know, I was a baseball guy at that particular moment, and now with the Rangers Knicks playoffs. That takes precedent over everything else. I'm sorry. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. It's playoff time, especially Knicks and Rangers. Like, if you're an Islander fan, that takes precedent. Yeah. If you're a Nets fan, that takes precedent. These playoff series are what we dream about as sports fans. So as badly as I would like to go to Yankee Stadium and check this out, and especially see Otani, I mean, that's a big draw. I I can't do it. I'm not even going to go to the – I have an issue because – well, you know what? I'm going to save this thought for 12 o'clock because we need to break, and I don't want Rosie to get mad at me. I'll tell you what my issue is. Coming up on the other side, plus your calls, 877-337-6666. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.